Tojo will make a play. The best college football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. The Holy War is here. Another chapter in the Utah-BYU rivalry is about to be written. And your home for the best coverage of Rivalry Week is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Every day on The Big Show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hanging out uh, with Tim and his crew here at RGS Exteriors. Call them 801-280-3110. Schedule an appointment. Have them come out. Look at your gutters or your exterior. Uh, you know, uh, maybe you want to put uh, some new siding or stucco on there. Uh, call them. Have them come out. 801-280-3110. But if you schedule today, uh, they're doing a little rivalry promotion, which is really cool uh, for Child Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, if you're a Ute fan, they're going to donate to Hayes Tough, of course, uh, uh, our friend Steve Tate involved with that. And uh, if you're a Kook fan, they're going to dr- uh, donate to Nixon Strong. And the idea is to go to fight childhood cancer. Indeed. So really, really cool. Yep. 801-280-3110. You ready to dive in here, Gordon? Let's do it. All right. Uh, we're going to do a little hodgepodge. Hodgepodge? Hodgepodge? What's the what's correct? It's hodgepodge. hodgepodge. I'm not 100% sure. To right. But uh, with, the, uh, with the coaches of uh, Utah, BYU, Utah State, and Weber State, and uh, they all came on with uh, Hanson Scotty at various points over the past two days. Well, about five minutes of Witt and Coach Sataki, and then a little bit shorter on Hill and Anderson, but want to give a kind of a college football roundtable feel. You ready to go? Yeah, let's go. All right, go ahead, Austin. Let's bring in the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Sataki, kind enough to join us. A little something special in the air, obviously, this week with it being Utah week. Do you approach this game differently as a head coach from a preparation and a motivation standpoint, or do you try to just keep it like a regular game week? No, I, I mean, I wish everyone could say, like, I, honestly, I wish everyone could say that the, uh, rivalry week should be approached like that. That should be happening on all the other eleven games. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Uh, I, I think when you prep for this game, it's a little different just because the, the, you're so familiar with the other other side and from coaches and and from players and from fans, and so it's a little bit of a of a deeper connection. And so I don't want to hide away from that, but uh, I just wish that the intensity of the rivalry and the intensity of the expectations from from the team and from the coaches I would love to have that attention every week I think I think it's a it's a great thing to do you don't have to say much as far as motivation other than just let's go you know what we got this weekend and I mean we knew about that once we could talk freely about it after the game was over against Arizona uh, our guys were already prepping and getting ready for for this game this Saturday so you know coach I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because you know you go back to your playing games and 
if Lavelle Edwards would have just handled business the exact same way that he did every other week going into rivalry week, that doesn't change the fact that we as players would have handled that game in a slightly different emotional fashion. Coaches can try all they want to try to make it just one of 12, but the players recognize the difference in the, in the air. They recognize the difference in the conversation with their parents and their friends and their, with their classmates. They, they know and recognize the difference. So even if coaches did handle it the same, wouldn't you expect your players to kind of feel the emotion of this game and handle the week differently? Yeah, because, I mean, the last thing you want to do is just hide the fact, hide that from the players. Uh, I'm always about uh, being genuine and having great feedback with them and being honest. And so why would you hide it, especially when uh, coaches may say, hey, it's just another game. But the truth is, everything else outside of them says it's 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 different, right? So it, the way the media handles it, the way the fans handle it, it's way different. So uh, I say let's just embrace it and let's have fun with it. Man, I don't want to. Uh, you know, there's nothing like it, and and so uh, might as well embrace it and 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 be excited for the challenge. So that's that's how I see it. I I don't think um, if we go into it saying, hey, this is just another game. That sounds great on paper and, and print, but the truth is, like, we we know those guys. Uh, there's a lot of guys on this team that are really familiar with them, that are friends with them. I, hence, you know me. I, me and my little brother TJ were playing here, and our oldest brother was playing at the U. So um, that that makes it different. And so why would you ever um, try to change that? The fans know each other. They're in the same households. Uh, let's just have fun with the whole experience. Jay Hill, head coach at Weber State, kind enough to join us. Now that you had a chance to go and look at the tape a little bit, uh, what are your thoughts on your team after that Utah game? Well, I thought they battled. I thought they played hard. Um, we were not clean enough not to go into that situation and – have an opportunity to win. I mean, you can't have the, men, the t- number of penalties we had, and we had three drop balls that were critical. And just you, you're going to have to play a really, really clean game to think you're going to win in Rice Eccles. But, Coach, going back and looking at the film, you mentioned your guys battled and what people aren't going to have a real chance to see, unless they go back and watch it. You know, you go all the way to the back end of that first half, and you guys go on this incredible drive, and Bronson Barron shows some accuracy. You talked about the drop balls. One of them was for a touchdown. But you're on the half-yard line with a chance to score to make it a 14 to, to give your team 14 points by the half. What kind of take us into those moments, into the calls and, and what you decided to go with um, and, and how Utah was able to stop you there at the half-yard line? Well, like you said, we had one drop. The guy's wide open in the end zone. It wasn't a great throw, but he's open. We drop it. Um, and then you got to give the defense credit. You know, they we were anticipating one less guy being one of our runs. And they had an extra guy in the, at the point of attack, and they were able to stuff us on fourth down, which 
again, I mean, you're going up against a really good front. We thought we needed to run our quarterback there to gain numbers in the run game, and they did a good job stopping it. And, you know, you're going up against an elite defense. You're going to have to find ways to make those plays, and they did in that situation we did. The head coach of the Aggies, Blake Anderson. Coach, how are you? Hey, Coach. Um, I'm good. Morning, guys. What time do you get in? I, I, I pulled up to my place around 6 o'clock. It was, uh, that, was a, that was a long trip. Yeah, I think I got to the house uh, about 4.45 a.m., but those trips are a little bit more uh, palatable after a W. No doubt about that. <laughs> so you get a chance to decompress. You look at the film a little bit. Uh, just give us a bird's eye view, an evaluation out of uh, how well you guys played on Saturday. Well, that's the crazy thing about it. I'm not sure we played all that well. Uh, you know, we, we played well enough to win, obviously, but still a, a ton of mistakes, as you, you kind of expect in a game one. Uh, the turnovers, most glaring. Uh, two turnovers, both could have been avoided. It could have uh, at least, you know, punted the ball in those situations and, and given Washington State a long field. Uh, the penalties defensively, the, the late hits, just, you know, guys hyped up and chasing the ball, which is great because one of the keys to winning was just how hard we played and how well we, we chased the ball. But we've got to be more disciplined. Uh, you know, those are those are things that will get you beat if you're not careful. Uh, we had a couple of chances to make big plays that, that could have impacted the game a little earlier that we just missed opportunities to, to make plays. So we, we spent a lot of time yesterday uh, in really dissecting it with the players. I thought they were great in terms of their just of their approach to, to being coachable and, and understanding that it's a great game and we love winning it and, and obviously it's huge for, for us and the fan base, but it's we're, there's better football still to be played and we want to make sure that we improve this week um, as much as we possibly can from, from that video and, and from the teaching. So for a guy that's played as much football as I have and has watched as much football as I have, it was very telling to see which quarterback finished that game, Coach. Very telling. I mean, that's a lot of faith in that in that final drive. Is that an indication of how you proceed as an offense? Is Logan Bonner going to be the perennial starter? You know, we haven't made that final decision, to be honest with you. That circumstance was unique. Uh, you've got a guy that's that's got 20-some-odd games under his belt, been in those two-minute drives before, been in a an environment like that before, and, and clearly just we felt like he was the most – uh, ready for that, and, and he obviously played extremely well and finished the game off. Uh, you know, but but Peasley did some great things also, and, and we don't want to discount that. And, and so we we're as we said before, going to be extremely thorough before we before we finalize things. We are moving towards one quarterback. There's absolutely no doubt about that. This is this is not a season long type deal, but. Uh, regardless of what we do uh, as a as a starter, it's going to take both these guys to get through the season. If you watch uh, just the way we play, the style of play, <clears throat> it's going to take them both to, to get through the season. And, and we're we're about the big picture way more than just you know just having to make an immediate decision. But they both did good things. They both had big mistakes. I mean, the, the ball that that Bonner had uh, intercepted was a. Um, 
poor decision on his part uh, in terms of the, the technique of the type of ball he threw. The, the fumble that we had with Peasley at midfield, he's trying to make a play. But again, we need to be able to punt the ball. And there were other subtle things that, that both made mistakes on. So we're, we're far from a finished product in that room either. The head coach of the University of Utah, Kyle Winningham. We were just talking. You've been doing this for a bit. You've coached in a lot of these rivalry games to the point where are you calloused or does it still feel a little different? Does this week still have a little special <laughs> meaning to you? Well, you know, it uh, it does have a little different feel to it. Now, it's a different feel than it used to have. I can tell you that. It's it's not quite the same as, you know, when we were both in the Mountain West or the WAC and, and, uh, and you know, the game was at the end of the year and had more of a, a true rivalry feel uh, back then, but it's still certainly uh, an intense game and and uh, certainly has the attention of the entire state of Utah. Take us back to when you used to play in this game, the rivalry game, Coach. Does it mean, is it, there's a much different meaning as a coach as, than there was as a player in this game? Yeah, it's a different feel as well. I mean, when you're a player, it's uh, it's got its own different uh, set of circumstances and dynamic to it as opposed to when you're a coach. But but uh, it's still, like I said, very intense and emotional. You know, it's it's something that that uh, brings out uh, everybody's emotions. And and uh, so you know, here we go again. You know, we missed it last year, obviously, but uh, we got uh, got it uh, on for this week. So so we'll be there and we'll be ready. A player and coaching, how many? years is this for you? Have you ever added that up? Wow. This is? I haven't, but I can tell you it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 20, somewhere right okay. in that neighborhood. Yeah. Whether just coaching a guess in it or playing in it? Yeah, just a guess. Just a guess. Wow. So, looking back a little bit before we look at BYU, you have, you've had a few days to decompress and look at the film. Uh, how did you evaluate your team's performance against Weber State in that opener? You know, some good, some bad. It's uh, anytime you got a you know, your first game of the season, it's uh, kind of a mixed bag, and there's certainly a lot of things to correct and work on. But uh, there was also a lot of positives. I thought Charlie threw the ball well, and and uh, when you you know if we would have caught the ball better, it would have been an outstanding evening for him. But uh, we had several drops uh, defensively. I thought we played solid for the most part. Gave up one big drive, uh, although we made a goal line stand there at the end of that drive and and uh, kept him out of the end zone. But but uh, the big negative was allowing that kickoff return to get out the gate and, and uh, that was just very poorly played by us and and so that was the, the biggest negative and we had to go right into the rain delay you know, right after that play and so that was that was kind of a negative but uh, overall I thought uh, you know we did what we needed to but certainly a lot of room for improvement. So, Coach, watching that that game, that opener against Weber State, I, I looked very closely at your starting offensive lineup with Bam, Braden, Ford, Miley, and I believe Simi was off the right side. Um, at least that's what I got my notes. And I, I looked at some of the guys that you got available and possibly were out for that game. Are we going to see some offensive linemen this week that we didn't see last week? Well, we hope so. And, you know, once the season starts, we never talk about who's playing, who's not playing. We just go with the guys we got and don't have a uh, official injury report. But uh, we had some guys on the shelf for Weber, and, and uh, you know, we'll just see what kind of availability we have this week. That's as, as good an answer as I can give you. 
Kyle Whittingham right here on the Zone Sports Network as the Utes get set for a showdown uh, coming up against BYU on Saturday. Uh, when you project and you look ahead, I know BYU sat some players out in that game as well. When you're dealing with uh, potential players coming back, a situation with some of those wide receivers, do you just kind of anticipate that they'll be back out on the field and, and uh, some of the uh, dynamic play that they can bring to the table? Yeah, we, we assume that uh, you know the guys that were held out will be back, but uh, you never know for sure, and you just got to be able to react and adjust during the course of the game. But uh, you know, we're just as far as a game plan, you you make the assumption that uh, they'll be there, and you got to account for them. Based off what I see the tight ends group doing, I feel like you're the second best Whittingham on that coaching staff because, <laughs> <laughs> look, look, Freddie doesn't get the praise he deserves. That man has that tight end group running at a high level. How do you even make a, a decision on who gets targeted? You, I think you had four tight ends targeted, uh, three with receptions, but you've got a couple of All-Americans that you could possibly throw to on that group. How do you make that decision? Well, it just the flow of the game. I mean, we certainly have a game plan and and uh, different tight ends targeted on different places. The primary uh, read, but uh, you know, as the game unfolds and and uh, you know, depending on what coverages they're playing and so forth, it just kind of evolves. And so, I just know for a, you know that we have one of the, the strongest tight end groups in the in the Pac-12 and in the country, in my opinion. With with all four of those guys, Thomas Yasmin is really starting to come into his own. And when you you got the proven veterans uh, ahead of him uh, in Fotheringham and Keithy, and then Dalton Kincaid is a special player as well so we're fortunate to have uh, you know that group and and uh, they maximize their opportunities on uh, Saturday and or Thursday night I should say and hopefully we can get a lot of production out of them again this weekend there you go a little montage from the coaches across the state not to uh, nitpick coach Witt but I think he's underselling how many years he's been in the rivalry <laughs> by quite a bit he did you figure that out well, what year was Coach Witt uh, hired by Utah? Was it had to be 90, 90 or 91, right? Somewhere in that range. So that would round it off. That's 30 years right there. And then you say four as a player. Yeah. I don't know if he redshirted or not. Maybe it was five. But you're looking around 34 years, part of the rivalry. Yeah. It's a lot more than 20. It is. I mean, he was a it grad is. assistant at BYU for two seasons in 85 and 86, if you want to count that. Okay, so Witt wasn't hired at Utah until 1994, but throw in uh, what Austin was talking about there. And the playing years. And the playing years. Here, let's see here. That'd be another six. So So who's doing the math? So that'd be uh, 32? Still more than 20. I'd say he's a part of it. Not to mention he's been around it his whole life, really. Yeah. Where was he between 97 here, and I, uh, I've, 94? I've, I mean, got, 87, I've got the history here. You ready? Okay, yeah. Okay, 85 and 86, BYU graduate assistant. Okay. Uh, let's see. So that's five. Then he was the defensive coordinator at CEU. That's pretty awesome. Okay. And then uh, let's see. Idaho State, wasn't it? Then Idaho State from 88 to 93. So then he came back to Utah. All right. So 94 through the present. Plus that grad year at BYU, plus his playing years. It was actually two years of grad A because it was 85 and 86 seasons. 32 years. So that's more than 20. It is. Not to mention as a kid growing up, not that you're a part of it at that point, but he probably was a BYU fan growing up. 
he's has he been i mean could you think of somebody else not not broadcasting or anything like that but either coaching or playing he's had to have been in more byu talk games than most anybody except maybe how long did lavelle coach uh was it 29 years yeah so it would be more than lavelle right uh, but Lavelle was—he uh, was an assistant for a number of years. Okay, so maybe well. so I, I maybe Lavelle, Lavelle has the crown, but yeah. Coach Witt isn't far behind. Yeah, Lavelle would have would have the crown, I, I do believe, because he was an assistant down there for wasn't he an assistant for five or six years before he was he? You would know better than me. Um, well, I was I was uh, I was only uh, in my late twenties when he took, when he came there as an assistant. So what about Reynolds? Uh, yeah, he was a part of a lot of them. What's his first name? Lance. Lance. Thank you. I kept thinking Matt, but I was like, Oh, that's his son, Lance Reynolds. Yeah. Lance was there for a lot, right? Yeah, he was. He's probably up there. That's that's one of my favorite stories about Lavelle. And I've told, I've told it before, but I, I loved it when he was a, he was like a highly recruited high school athlete. And uh, BYU wanted him, but he was getting attention from all these other schools too. And his dad was a was a BYU fan, and so Cal was all over him. And uh, I think Mike White was the coach then, and he rolls up in a Porsche, Porsche, and, and, Porsche. and, and grabs Lance and takes him out the. It's pronounced Porsche. Restaurant. And uh, and then you know it has the gold chains on the whole thing, and Lance comes home and says, "Man, that's really good." So his dad calls Lavelle and says, "Hey, Lavelle, you better get up here right away, you know, to talk to my son." So Lavelle rolls up in like a Volkswagen Bug or something, <laughs> he picks him up, takes him over to the McDonald's there near where the old Cottonwood Mall used to be, and he takes him in and he says to Lance, "He said, order anything you want." At McDonald's, I love that story. Lance tells it, and it's just so funny, you know, because just shows the way it used to be with Lavelle. I'd probably prefer a Volvo over a Porsche now. It was a Volkswagen. Oh, Volkswagen. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So both the people's car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the people's car as it was developed by uh, a certain German company, and uh, uh, Hitler wanted to uh, to. Uh, so they collected money from all the, all these people in Germany. Recalculating. And, and I know. They, and we gotta go. I and know. Then, and then they never, they ne- they never issued the cars to the people. They just took all their money and and put it toward the war. Live at RGS Construction. Uh, Call them today. They do gutters, of course, uh, new brick, stone, and stucco. Uh, Give them a call. They're doing a cool thing with the rivalry. Call them and uh, tell them you're a Utah or BYU fan. They're helping uh, fight childhood cancer, 801-280-3110. If you're a Ute fan, they'll donate to the Hayes uh, Tough Foundation. If you're a Kook fan, 100 bucks goes to the Nixon Strong Foundation. And Tim joins us. And uh, uh, Tim, just hitting on this is, of course, Gordon and I are way over as we are off to do and have Kenneth Scott coming up next. But not only do you guys do amazing stuff, but today it's really going for a good cause. That's right. I mean, look, we're here to to take care of your gutters and siding and everything else. But today we just want to talk and focus on Childhood cancer, and, and let's really support these two foundations, like you talked about, the Tough, you know, Tough Face Foundation and the Nixon Strong Foundation. And 
you know, call in and, and every uh, every appointment that's booked um, throughout this show, we're going to donate a hundred dollars to whichever foundation it is, and we want to see, you know, who who's the most charitable. Like Gordon says, is it the Utes or the Cougars? And we'll find out today. So invest in your home, the probably the biggest investment you'll make, and do some good fighting childhood cancer. Uh, that's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. Eight zero one two eight zero three one one zero. Tim, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Kenneth Scott is next. Then ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. For the first time in two years, it's rivalry week. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes look to make it 10 in a row against the Cougars as the Utes head to Provo for another showdown with BYU. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it's uh, your uh, Cougars at 30 update, kind of, here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Here's James Empty Empey giving his evaluation of the Utah defense. This update brought to you by Homie. Finally, the way real estate should be full service, local agents, and you'll save thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. Football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. The Holy War is here. Another chapter in the Utah BYU rivalry is about to be written. And your home for the best coverage of Rivalry Week is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. So big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at RGS Exteriors. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Joining us now, a former Ute receiver and our good friend, he is Kenneth Scott with us here on The Big Show. Kenneth, thank you so much for a few minutes. Happy Rivalry Week to you. Oh, man, likewise. This is a well-awaited game. It's been a long time, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be a fun and entertaining one like per usual. So when your friends and family outside of, of Utah and the familiarity with, with Utah BYU, when they ask you about it, what do you tell them? 
I'll tell them, you know, mainly because, you know, my peers are more of the era of the USC, UCLA robberies. I tell them it's something similar to that, but it's a little more personal <laughs> um, <laughs> family-wise. But that's what I kind of equated to. So what are you expecting to see on Saturday night? Man, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm expecting a, it's gonna be a hard fought game per usual. You know, it, it doesn't matter whether someone's up by – 28 points and come down to a last drive type of effect or uh, you know a last field goal but I feel like it's going to be something of that essence once again um, just based off you know, what I've seen from Arizona for last game um, and you know what I've seen from Utah this game I think it'll be a really good game like on both uh, sides of the spectrum. So I feel similarly to you, and and not that there's ever a right or wrong answer when you're doing predictions. But Gordon thinks that the that the Utes are going to win by 14. I I would pick the Utes, but I think it's going to be closer, kind of for the reasons that you're talking about. Some weird happens, or the game goes, you know, is based on a player too that swings things. You know, going back to the bowl game when mm-hmm. uh, the Utes were up huge, and then Utah, or excuse me, then BYU came crawling back through the rest of the game. It's just weird stuff. Explain why why do you think that is? Why do you think sometimes these games don't go according to maybe how you'd predict? You know what? I, that's a great question. I, I, I really don't know, you know, because dating back to my last year there at the University of Utah, you know, I thought we had that game in the bag, uh, the Vegas ball, 35-7. to 7. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's no, no way they're coming back from this. I even put my helmet to the side knowing I wasn't going to get back in. <laughs> but I guess it's the, the football gods that, you know, wanted us to have that memorable type game per usual so that, you know, families can talk about it on years on end. So I think that's, I think it's just the football gods wanting us to have a good game. It's something to talk about. What What do you think the nature of the game will be like? Will it be a defensive struggle or do you think there will be a lot of points scored? What? Oh, that's tough. You know, being that our defense is really good, um, I think the success that BYU had, you know, I, I was looking at their game and, you know, I, I love the receiver number two. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but, you know, despite not having Samson and Nakua um, available, you know, number two on BYU really performed really well. You know, I think I saw when he caught that over the shoulder for 67 yards. Man, that, that was that was thing of beauty to see. Um, then they run it back. You know, they're, they're running back Tyler. I don't know his last name either, but uh, he had a pretty good game. You know, averaged around five, six yards a carry. And, and then the quarterback, Jaron, he has a little wiggle back there and can make things happen on his feet as well, uh, as well, you know, in the air. So um, looking at them from that perspective, I'm like, man, they have a lot that they can bring to the table as far as offensively that, you know, have some power, especially if they bring Samson and uh, Puka back. And then I look at them on the defense end, I seen that guy almost had like twenty tackles. You know, I'm like, dang, okay. There's some 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 things out there that they can do. And then obviously you know about Chaz um and the other folks, but you know, when it comes to uh, you know, uh BYU and their defense, you know, it's gonna be a hard fought game. They're gonna be physical with you up front, uh and on the back end they're gonna talk a lot of smack and so um with our team, you know, the way we displayed, you know, offensively, I think it's gonna look pretty well, um, as far as what we can do. Um, everybody's seen it. We can go shoot. If we really wanted to, we could go 14 personnel, one running back and have four tight ends, uh, you know, lined up at receiver. We could really do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think people seem to versatile, um, well, versatile, 
versatileness of our offense, you know, the different packages that we can have because of all the different uh, people that we have. So it's going to be a great game. Man. It's going to be a real chess match to figure out, okay, it's going to be a battle of the packages, you know, how people line up towards certain things because how diverse our offense is. So, I mean, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Kenneth Scott is with us, a former U receiver, of course, here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Kenneth, you played uh, at Utah. I don't want to say you played for Kalani because obviously he was on the other side of, uh, you know, coaching defense. Almost did. Offense, but yeah. (laughs) Ooh, what's the backstory there? They almost flip you over to defense? Yeah, Coach Kalani wanted me to play safety uh, coming in because, you know, <laughs> out of high school, I was a I was a safety. You know, I, I played receiver and safety, and he loved my physicality out in the perimeter. And uh, I remember it was my red shirt freshman year, uh, and he was like, hey, you know, he's not getting that much action on the offensive end as far as passes thrown to him, but let's utilize him on defense. And so, you know, Coach Rod wasn't having that. Coach Rod was like, no, nah, no, nah, you ain't taking Scotty away. Uh-uh. <laughs> and so uh, it almost happened. It almost happened. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, with that in mind, uh, you, you know Coach uh, Sataki really well. Uh, you, you know, the, your feeling about BYU and the rival as a player, I'm sure, is one thing. But since Coach went to BYU, does it change your perception of the rivalry as a fan? Because I'm sure it's hard to root against uh, him and Coach A-Rod right now, right? Man, it is. I am not gonna lie. It's so hard because, you know, especially for me, you know, with Coach A Rod, you know, he's one of the guys that, you know, looked out for me personally as a player. He knew my whole family. He's the only reason why I went to Utah. Well, he was the main reason I went to Utah because of our relationship um, and recruiting status, and and then one of the reasons why, you know, I ultimately stayed. You know, when time when things were tough, um, it was because of him. You know, if it wasn't for Coach Rod, I don't know if I would have been there. Um, and so I always want to see Coach Rod do good no matter what. He can be at Weber State. He can be at wherever. I'm going to, you know, cheer on Coach Rod. And then Sataki being a great guy that he is, I'm going to cheer him on. Coach Tuiaki, I'm going to cheer him on. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they have a lot of uh, Utah background over there that I just can't go against even though it's our rivalry. You know, I love them. But in this game, obviously I want them to do good, but I want us to get the W as well. So um, it's one of those things. Can you remember a time when Utah had anything close to the the uh, the bevy of tight ends that they have? And these guys are talented, man. Well, I try to warn y'all. I try to warn y'all. These tight ends are something. I, the, the secret, the secret sauce, man. It, of course, people are looking at Dalton Kincaid, but that guy from Australia, Yasmin, he's a player too. Like, of course, we know about Keithy and Fatherham and Fatherham and all them. And but Dalton Kincaid is going to be—he's like a perennial tight end. Like he's the mold of a tight end. Like he's a big body, can catch, he can do everything. Uh, but there's a there's a secret weapon that Yasmin gets from Australia, man. He can ball too. And so uh, I remember. Previously, in my younger years, you know, when we had uh, Dallin Rogers, uh, Kendrick Moai, Wesley Tonga, Brad Clifford, um, we had some good tight ends. They just weren't used as much as in the system as, you know, we have right now. But I think if Coach Ludwig was there when we had the Kendrick, the Dallas, the Wesleys, the Jakes, and, well, obviously everybody knows Jake, but um, if we utilize them, that's the way we use line now, then people will talk about that um, that previous tight end group because Wesley Tonga is probably the most athletic tight end that I've seen uh, in Utah as far as athletically. The guy, if you've seen him on a basketball court, he moves effortlessly. And so um, I think if we had, you know, that type of mode over here with the tight ends that we had previously, I think, you know, people will make some comparisons between the two. 
So obviously you have a high opinion of, of Coach Roderick, and I think there are a lot of folks in the know who share that with you. But there's no question that while you were at Utah, the offensive coordinating position was a tad bit unstable. And now we've seen Coach Ludwig with the team for, what is this, Gordon, going into his fourth year back? Third or fourth, fourth year. Third yeah. or fourth year back. Has that stability been a positive, do you think? I think it has. Um not only from just a current state, but from a recruiting standpoint as well. You know, you think about the offense that he had, and now you can figure out, okay, this guy fits well. So in the recruiting end, you can sort of like select players that's going to fit in this recruiting, I mean, fit in this type of mode of offense. Uh, prior, you know, we had stability issues on the offensive end as far as like the coordinator position, but and it caused us to, you know, run different type of play styles every year. Um in the, some styles fit other, you know, others differently. Um, but uh, I think with the consistent coordinator in place with the right uh, system, it allows us to, uh, you know, obviously um, enhance what we have currently, but also for future perspectives too, getting the guys in, in the place of our system. I mean, that's why teams like USC, like literally you can date all the way back to uh, <laughs> both like Keyshawn and you got Patrick Turner and you have uh, Garrett and you have like Marquise Lee, Robert Woods, Nelson Elgalar. Like you can like insert people in those positions and they're going to be good no matter who it is. Like the guy Drake London, like you can literally insert anybody into those positions. They're going to have a phenomenal year it's just because they have a great system in place um, that's going to you know, give them that type of uh, notoriety. So uh, with this system in place, um, it's, you can now see it. Like people are starting to get a notoriety that they deserve because it's consistent um, than what it was previously. So give us a score. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I'll say 34-24. Oh, that's okay. exactly what Austin predicted. Yeah, pretty it? much. Pretty close. Hold on, Austin. What? You predicted 34-24? Uh, I said 34-27, actually. Oh, uh, that's I mean, right. Oh, that's right. Right. Close. <laughs> Very close. Okay. I could see 34-24. You know, that's that's close. These games have been close. That's kind of what Gordon and I have been talking about is is this, you know, they've the Utes have won by more than 14 points twice in the last, uh, you know, out of the streak of nine. Usually it's a little bit closer than that. And how does this year feel? And 10, it, it wouldn't surprise me. And Gordon could easily be right and it'll be 14. But, I, you know, 10, I could easily see it going that way. We're all guessing. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you all this. What was your thoughts about Tabion last game? Yeah, <laughs> that boy that guy, can run the rock. That, yeah. that guy is average nine yards a carry. <laughs> well, we see it all the boy time, the Kenneth. Beast. And I, it, it was true when you got there. It, we, you know, Coach Wood would take a minute to figure out who that RB one was, but once they did, they they it was off to the races, yeah. right? And I think we may see him get a little, a few more touches. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, man, he's a beast. All right, Kenneth. Well, hey, thank you, as always, for coming on the show. We always look forward to it. And, of course, you're a Rivalry Week staple, and uh, it, we appreciate you coming on. Hey, no problem, you guys. Hope you have a good one, and go Utes, especially in this game. <laughs> All right, Kenneth. <laughs> Thanks, man. You, you know, go. Kenneth is really good. Oh, just a set. He was, uh, I mean, he was a good player for Utah, but he was one of those personalities that you love to talk to. He's got a great story. He's got a great outlook on life. Yeah. You know, very positive dude. Um, and, he, and he's well-informed. He yeah. keeps up with what's going on. He broke down Utah and BYU. And remember his journey at Utah was riddled with some injuries and some, some you know, adversity that yeah. he had to overcome. Mm-hmm. And he's... He's a good dude. Yep. And one of those guys who's, who's easy to root for in, in life and certainly on the field as well. All right. Hey. We'll have more coming up next. Live from RGS, it's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is DJ and PK.
Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman. You're coming up from the L.A. area. How long did it take you to realize BYU-Utah was a big deal? Oh, not long at all. That's what Coach Witt lives on. You know, we don't lose to those guys. That's what he preaches every single year, every single week, every single day. And he makes it very apparent. So for an out-of-state kid coming in, you start to understand it. And then we have a video that plays on a loop of the football game between us. That's throughout the entire football facility for the entire week. And then on top of that, you get there to the game, whether it's down there or up here in Rice Eccles. And then you start seeing all the fans. You start hearing all the noise and everything. And you realize, okay, these guys take that very serious. And it's grown upon me, so it's not even these guys. So now it's like me and my teammates take it very serious. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. So I am back. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's Big Show, time for a market update, brought to you by friends at TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. Bowler is going to join us coming up next. But first, Gordon, how did the markets do today? Kind of a uh, mixed day, but not a particularly great day. The Dow was down 269 points. There are no gurus. The NASDAQ, however, was up uh, just shy of 11. Okay, right. S&P down 15. Shut the bleep up, you clickbait, ambulance-chasing, dirtbag piece of bleep. Wow. Remind me, what was that? What I, was that all? About? I can't remember. I think it was one of your columns, but I'm not sure. <laughs> that I'm was sorry. a joke, by the I'm way. Sorry, that man. was a joke. Wow, you're, you're not an ambulance chaser. Oh, thank you. <laughs> all rest of it, all right. I can accept. <laughs> I don't remember what we were getting at. I think I was reading that though. Yeah, you were. Memory serves. You were. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, there goes there. the fun. Well, I don't know. Okay, I'd like to think I could turn a phrase like that. I wonder who I was insulting. I think it was Lloyd. It could have been Lloyd. Yeah, Yeah, it could have been Lloyd, easily. All right, we're here. RGS Exteriors. Bowler is going to join us coming up next. Uh, Call him, 801-280-3110. If uh, there's something you want to improve on the outside of your house, uh, RGS uh, can help you out. And we'll jump into the extra kind of rivalry good that they're doing today because it's it's really, really cool. But listen, the the house market around here is pretty crazy. We're growing, you know, Values, those sorts of things are going up and up and up. And, and basically, you know, you can make investments in your own house and it's going to be it's going to be a big deal to you personally. No, it is. And like we talked about that, you know, like the prices of, of housing is going so ridiculous that people can't afford to ever build again. So the next best thing is to stay where they're at and remodel and make their home their, their forever home. And, you know, that's really what we're here to do is to help them on the outside and make that happen. And the, the, the thing is, is people say, oh, I'm just going to wait and let prices balance out. Lumber's different, right? Lumber has skyrocketed and actually is on its way out. But other than lumber, our material will never come down. It will never be as cheap as it is today is, is kind of the, the term we use. It just goes up. And you, there's never, I've been in this business my entire life and I've never seen a price decrease. So, you know, it's, it, there's no reason to wait. It's not a bad time. You, it's not a bad time. Tim, do you, uh, do you, is it your experience that people generally 
get their money out of what they put into their house? Uh, yeah, it's a great question, Gordon. In fact, uh, there's a, a magazine called Qualified Remodeler Magazine that every year does their cost versus value and, and try to look at, you know, what you put in your home, what you're going to get back out. And believe it or not, the James Hardy siding, so, which is the majority of what we do, um, actually is dollar for dollar back right now. Um, it's never been like that before. But they're saying what you put in, you're going to get back out of it. And so it's really crazy to think about that. But so it's it's like a, a win-win. You put it in. If you decide to sell your home, you're going to get it back out. If you don't, then you made your home modern and, and look good. In the meantime, when you drive up, you look at your house from the driveway and you think, ah, uh, this is isn't that the isn't that the measure? That's that that's right. When you when, when you pull in and you go, ah, oh, that's yeah. that's. You know, that's what our goal is, and that's our ultimate. We want, we want to do when we get a Google review or something from a homeowner, and they say, man, this is exactly what we envisioned. That's our goal. That's what we want to do. And, you know, we've been serving Utah for five generations, so we've seen everything, and all the trends have changed and gone different directions. And every few years, it's something different, but we're always on the latest and greatest. So we just want to hear, be here to serve you and, and help you on your outside. Again, whether it's siding or gutters or stucco, stone, whatever it is on the outside, we're, we're here to help. 801-280-3110. That's the number to call. And uh, we're trying to get some of that rivalry juice. If folks get on the books and, and schedule an appointment to uh, talk to you guys about uh, their exterior, you're going to do a little good. Yeah, it's, it's this uh, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So we want to try to focus on that and, and try to do some good with two phenomenal foundations here locally. Um, Steve Tate, uh, uh, Unilum, um, has a phenomenal organization um, that, that he's founded um, after his, his boy, Hayes Tusk Foundation. And then uh, a dear friend of mine, uh, the Wacots have started Nixon Strong. And so what we want to do is, is that any customer that, that books an appointment with us today, um, we're going to donate $100 to whatever cause that might be, whether it's a Steve Tate for the Utes and, and uh, Nixon Strong for the Cougars. And let's have a little competition and see who... Uh, Who's the most charitable group? I love it. Let's, Let's make do it happen. 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. RGS Exteriors. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, guys. Bowler is next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.